My name is Violet Sister Prince, and today is Thursday, uh, October 6th, 1994, and I'm interviewing two gentlemen um, who were executives at Sticks, Beer, and Fuller in downtown St. Louis um, about the thought process of the store uh, before, during, and after the integration of the first floor lunch counter um, by uh, CORE, the Congress for Racial Equality, which uh, was during the, um, well, somewhere between 51 and 56, uh, 1951, 56. These gentlemen wish the information to be known, but not their names. This is my independent study supported by the Missouri Historical Society. We have lots of things to discuss, but I thought if it if it's right for you and makes sense to, to do the before, during, and after, that uh, do it in that particular way. And um, these are the things that um, I was wondering about how the store, what you saw, and if you want to bring in uh, other stores that were going on downtown or anything else. I was wondering um, about the, I, I want to know a sense of what the store was going through during all this. That's our main thing, what the store was going through. Uh, people say that's the way it was, the interviews that I've had, that's the way it was, and I kind of want to know what, how was it? and uh, what could colored people do in those days, and what could they not do. Um, let's begin with the eating uh, in the store. Um, where, was there any place that they could eat um, that you are aware of, and if so? Mm-hmm. <coughs> but we can My also stop it. There, they ate in the employees' cafeteria. In the employees? employees cafeteria. Could you speak up? Yeah, I was. That's okay. Uh, uh, black people did eat uh, in the employees' cafeteria, where most of us ate too. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the executives ate up there in the cafeteria, as well as eating in the store restaurant, which is a great place for lunch. The, the store restaurant? And we called it the Missouri Room. I'm talking about before the integration mm -hmm. period. In the 40s at least. They could eat where? In the employees' cafeteria. cafeteria. But not in the other one. Yes, that's true. In no, no other place in the store. And they generally, if you will remember, <clears throat> ate by themselves. They separate very in the rarely. Cafeteria. I mean, in yes. the cafeteria. Yes. Rarely yes. did yes. they mix with the uh, yes. other people, the other executives of the store. They segregated them. Segregated is the word. Yeah. Okay. Before we go any further, mm -hmm. I would like to to add that my experience at Sticks, and I came there in 1940. Right after the war, was that there were a great many black employees 
and I was happily surprised at how non-confrontational life was in that company between blacks and whites. Mm -hmm. They got along extremely well. Didn't you think so, Bob? I was all. In fact, when things got unpleasant later on, mm -hmm. as you know, as the civil rights movement became more vocal and, and organized and so on, it, I know a lot of the black employees there who were really kind of offended and hurt at all this mm -hmm. because they loved the way they were treated at Sticks. Um, I can't speak for all of them. Mm -hmm. I'm speaking just from my observation. Mm -hmm. It seemed to it's me that, that we never had any kind of social troubles with black people, any more than uh, like I, a Catholic, and you, a Jew, would have troubles. We didn't think about things like that in those days. Mm -hmm. These days, we're taught by the politically correct people that I've got to be me, and you've got to be you, and you know. We didn't live like that, mm -hmm. not at Sticks. Mm -hmm. We all got, got along so happily together that it was it was anything but confrontational and resentment and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. What about um, drinking fountains? What the drinking fountain before the confrontation that Bob and before this aggravation started, they were not allowed to eat our drink at the soda fountain on the first floor. Mm -hmm. but and mm -hmm. and uh, they recognized that and didn't bother, there were no problems as was pointed out a few minutes ago. However, after the uh, group started to agitate others' way, then we had to open up the cafeteria, uh, the uh, restaurant on the first floor, the soda fountain, mm -hmm. and we found at that time, as you will remember, that we had no problem. As soon as we allowed the black people to sit there, we didn't have any problem. All they wanted was the privilege of mix with us, and uh, there were no, no no situations that came up. Um, how about the regular drinking fountains in the stores? Were they allowed to drink out of those? You know, just like near the elevator. I don't even or, as far as I, did we even have such drinking fountains? I don't remember any drinking fountains around. Per se, I don't either. No. I don't either. Um, I don't think that we had them. And uh, You know, we had one in offices, I guess. Thanks. For instance, in the advertising department, mm -hmm. I remember a, a drinking fountain, and I suppose in large offices, even behind the scenes, mm -hmm. there were, there definitely was in the advertising department. Mm -hmm. Many of the executives, of course, had water bottles in their offices and yeah. glasses and so forth mm -hmm. and so on. And I guess that uh, the others either went and got their drink out of the restroom or mm -hmm. wherever they happened to I be really at the can't time. Answer your but question. I don't remember yeah, any no, drinking fountains. I, I don't either. <clears throat> Seems funny these days. They're everywhere. In the toilet facilities? Could they use the toilet? I mean, shopping people. 
I'm talking about. Also, people, the, the, the customers, the black customers. I don't think we had segregated restrooms. We didn't segregate the restrooms at that time. They did in other places, as we all know. We you know, did railroad not. stations, and I don't think there were. No, we didn't have any uh, separate. I'm, I'm, no, I know areas we didn't, we didn't have white uh, black restrooms yeah. as they did in public uh, yeah. in the yeah. airport or <coughs> the train stations right. and so forth and so on, where they had these segregated groups. Okay. Are you aware of um, people who came shopping? Could they try on? Shoes? Could they try on clothes? Um, were they able to? Because I know yes. that some places they. I remember mm -hmm. in one department that uh, in those years, Sticks had, as you remember, one of the finest, better women's shoe operations in America. Uh, Pauling was his name. Yes. Al Pauling. Sticks had a hugely overgrown women's shoe business uh, compared to the overall size of, of the <coughs> store. Mm -hmm. And it was largely extremely good shoes. You remember I. Miller? You old enough to remember that? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, David Evans, mm -hmm. lines of that sort. And I remember Mr. Paul saying that a huge part and again, an overgrown percentage of their business were Negro women, which uh, answers your question. Mm -hmm. They very much were valued customers. Mm -hmm. I would say generally, Bob, that we recognized them as customers mm -hmm. and had no problem that way. Uh, we just, the people just didn't want, as we said before, the store uh, after we allowed them to eat with us and at the cap at the uh, mm -hmm. soda fountain, we had no problems. Mm -hmm. after, after all the unpleasant, even before that, when I first came to the store, that's what I'm speaking of. Mm -hmm. We had a big black business mm -hmm. in quite a few areas. For example, Cunningham's, they felt was not very kind in waiting on the stores on varied that's mm -hmm. are we not you were on yeah. oh because i'm on that con, yeah off off i was born in a little town named new madrid uh, where my grandfather was a today they would call him a cotton planter in those days we just said he raised cotton his and my wife and my grandmother's parents owned slaves and about 285 slaves, I remember. In those days, that was their chief asset. Mm -hmm. uh, they raised a lot of cotton. My father, grandfather was a congressman representing that district in Washington. Uh, had to be a Democrat, of course, although he was more conservative than Newt Gingrich. <laughs> You know, you, there were no Republicans in, in the South. Uh, but the point I'm trying to get at is I grew up in the time I was born, uh, living among, they called them darkies. I'm, I'm sorry to say that, but that's what they that's called what themselves. <laughs> that's what they called themselves. 
and we all called them darkies. And my grandmother always said at least two that are very large southern type house. And she always said two colored darkies in the kitchen as cooks, fabulous cooks. And they had, uh, long before I was born, of course, they had five rooms on the second floor, which were slave rooms. And they still call them that to this day. The house is owned by the, the State's Historical Society now. They lived with darkies. My grandmother nursed them when they were sick. They, there was affection. I'm not trying to paint the rosiest picture on earth, but yeah. it's true. They yeah. lived harmoniously. I don't think that they've ever thought about resentment toward each other. The darkies worked hard in the fields, in the house, and we grew up not even knowing what resentment was. They were, they lived there, we lived there. Mm -hmm. So, and when I came to Sticks, I had no history of personal history of any kind of animosity toward anybody. I mean, I was even. Two people in our family were Catholic. We've been married to Jewish people in New Madrid. That's that's why there were no problems like this until we were taught to hate and spit at each other. And you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yes, I do. We're just all people living together. You're saying it happily. Well, well yeah. To um, so sticks further. really, it's true. And then I'll show up on sticks. I realized first week I worked there, it was a place like I had grown up in. There were all kinds of people, Jewish, Christians, other kind of foreigners, black people. They all got along beautifully. Mm -hmm. Were there any signs that sticks at all? I mean, uh, you know, when you're asking people's memories, sometimes they'll say, oh, I, um, I did interview a, 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 a woman who was very light-skinned, whose grandmother was very light-skinned, so they could pass. They went, took her to the Fox and, you know, took her different places to movies and took her to eat. Um, she said they would take the black service cars downtown, get out, go into sticks and eat in the, at the first floor counter before it was integrated. And she remembers seeing signs. Other people say, they don't remember any signs that sticks. Like why I, only I don't remember I any don't, signs don't so. restricting I don't, uh, anyone at the time. I don't. Well, did other stores have some signs? I don't even remember. I don't, I don't remember any. Uh, there may have the been. The only signs I, I remember, <clears throat> and my memory is horrible, is in these public restrooms, like we mm -hmm. said, at train stations, airport, mm -hmm. things like that, where there would be colored and but I don't ever remember any restrictions. No, I don't signs. either. But, um, okay. And I have a feeling in the South, the Deep South, there probably were mm -hmm. in a lot of places. Yeah. Well, I, there were, no question about it, because I remember even as late as 1949, when we traveled, we took, we had a very respected black lady that we still hear from and occasionally see who worked uh, for us and when we took her with us she had a 
sit in a different part of the cafeteria in Dallas or in the airplane. She, we finally got her to allow them to sit with us, mm -hmm. you know. What years was that? That was about 1948 or 49. What was the year of Big Trouble like when they, they had a sit down at our lunch counter at Sticks? It was, was do, you, do you all? I don't remember. I don't know what I, I can't pinpoint the year, but I remember that we had difficulty and we had, I forget who it was, whether it was, and I'm not going to mention this man's name, our protection manager and our assistant protection manager were there to uh, more or less uh, see that nothing, no confrontation of fights or anything like that took place. It was um, somewhere between like 51 and it was before 58, mm -hmm. so it was either in the early 50s, 50s. Uh -huh. um, well, <coughs> I wanted to ask you one more question, and then we, I thought we'd get into that in a little Whatever. bit deeper. Whatever, uh, what do you want? All I want to do is just, are you on, mm -hmm. that I want to leave about 11.30. Oh, you, I think we'll okay. be okay. Um, the occupations that the people had in the store, um, I can name some and then you can fill in mm -hmm. if, if I'm missing any. Um, there would be janitors, stock people, were they stock people, do you think? I don't, I don't, I don't remember uh, any janitors are stock people in the early days. You mean who were black? Who were black, no. So they said, I don't okay. remember them. I really don't remember. All right. Elevator and escalator girls? Elevator. 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 Okay, so, so Nick's the other two. Um, so now we're really just elevator girls. And weren't there escalator girls that stood at the bottom of the escalators? And Not to my memory. Mm -hmm. No. Okay. Uh, attendants, were there attendants in the bathrooms? In the ladies' bathroom? I don't. I don't recall any. I don't believe. Um, waitresses in the tea room. They were all white at that time. We're talking 40s. In the 40s. Um, you have a better memory than I. Everybody has a better memory than I. Busboys? What? Like in were the restaurant? Were there busboys in a restaurant? Were there? No, we. Um, Oh, what about back in the kitchen? Weren't there uh, colored people back in the kitchen? You might off the tea room, you know, the Missouri room. I don't recall it. I'm almost sure I, there were colored. There might have been, but I, I don't I recall. I think, but I don't know. All right, <clears throat> so what we're really... I don't recall any connected with the food operation to whatsoever. Yeah, we really don't know. Yeah, so we're saying really, truly, that there were very few people employed in, in the 40s, I guess, very few blacks, and, and so it would be elevator girls, really. Um, what about, and you were talking to, I'm sorry. What about cleaning people and so on? Would After you, the store hours? No, we, you know, whenever they, they, I would think that they would. <coughs> 
I can't, I can't, uh, I can't really say that there were, or there weren't any. I'm trying to think where were all these employees because we did have. We did well, have a lot you, of them. But you're talking employees. different times. I think you're talking 40s I'm now. Talking, no, I'm talking way back. I'm talking. Well, I'm talking in the 40s to 50s. Yes, so am I. Uh, before the trouble came, you know, mm -hmm. when we sit in at the, the counter. And I'm talking about when I came to the store in '45. There were a lot of Negro employees, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to think, what were they doing? What were these jobs? Because everything you ask us about, we think no. We, we think no. Well, they were sure somewhere. We had some, and it's hard to pinpoint the dates when mm -hmm. they started to become you know we had the, we had them in the display department that reported to the display you know what the display mm -hmm. department is mm -hmm. that reported to me and so I know in fact that's where the woman you talked to or mm -hmm. uh, we definitely had colored employees there I'm trying to think she said it. she was a maid to the display department we had there were some black maids that uh, thank you for think, mentioning that, that handled the um, <coughs> executive offices that, which were on the fourth floor at that time, mm -hmm. that brought in coffee and, and brought in if the men wanted a drink or something of water, whatever it was. They were some mm -hmm. black maids around. There, that, there's no question about that. And I believe that Bob, to the best of my recollection, that there were some that served the buyers in like in the gown room and so forth and so on and mm -hmm. those people had access to um, coffee or whatever they may want because they were buying expensive clothing. But there were colored people mm -hmm. in the display department. You mm -hmm. said Stella described herself as a maid to yeah, I, uh, Stella be became a lot more than a maid, though she became right. very important. Right, she and I remember Herb Wheeler, didn't you mention his mm -hmm. name? He was a black fellow in the display department. He was not a maid or anything, he was just one of the display guys, you know, like all the other boys and girls that worked in that department. Mm -hmm. I think she said she had first ironed the clothes or somebody, and Mrs. Wheeler said, she well, ironed that, the clothes that, that you were going to But you use. know, that needn't sound as menial as it sounds, because if Stella didn't do it, some other employee would have yeah. to do well, it. Well, to in tell the you the truth, it, it wasn't said in a menial way. I, I doubt that it was. Oh, yeah. nobody. No, I mean, it might sound to somebody else. Oh, yeah. They'd say, oh, sure, they hired a maid. No, no. Uh, uh, well, we don't hardly use the word people maid in, today. You use mm -hmm. housekeeper, housekeeper or the lady that comes to my house to yeah. clean. No, the people in the display but department had to get the, the, all the merchandise ready mm -hmm. to put on the no, mat and so on. It was not said that way. Yeah, they, they weren't considered maids, all. they were just display people. Display. But you see, if, if they're old-timey people, like we're old timey people, they use the same terms. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. As we do. Yeah. And uh, often, if yeah. I ask them, uh, what, what do you, how do you, what would you identify yourself? Some, some people are, are more comfortable with colored or Negro than they are with black or African American. So, 
Dark, don't forget darkies. When I was born. <laughs> I haven't heard anybody tell me about that. <laughs> um, okay. Now, um, if before we could leave, it could could we just talk about? Um, well, let's stay where we are. Um, the change we're talking now. It's something's going to change. Something's. What was it? Was it a gradual, you know, uh, acknowledgement that something was going to change, or was it just? You mean like after the sit-in? No, no. But this is, this is as you've described it now. Okay, you have a few people working. Um, everybody got along fine. There was were no problems. You know. Um, what was the first thing that came along? Um, was did somebody go and sit down at the cafe at the uh, counter first, or was there some other kind of incident, or did something happen at Scruggs or Famous and Bar that the executives thought, oh wait a minute, something's going on, or was it something downtown in St. Louis? Well, do you remember? When was the first thing that you all? Do you remember Core C O R E? Core Congress of K on. For, Kate, for yep. racial equality. That, as I remember, that was the catalyst in the organization that, that whose activities and so on got all, got everything stirred up from blacks and whites and led to like the sit-in demonstrations and so on. Um, they were instrumental, no question, in uh, Core was the driving change. force, force yeah. as I recall. Um, oh, I'm forgetting something. Much more so, and from external See, as I remember, there was nothing in the organization of, a, of an activist nature. Maybe I'm being Pollyannish. I don't wasn't aware of it. About core? No, no, about our own employees oh. becoming activist. No, I think it was all externally produced. By core. Yes. 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 yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But what happened first? Do you remember? Do you remember how? The only thing tangible I remember is the sit-in. That was the that was the big thing <laughs> that led to real integration. Certainly it sticks, and I guess I guess the same thing happened at Famous, didn't it? They had I a big would, soda fountain. I would think so. That there was pressures apparently brought about by that group. And I they guess, had two managed uh, people come in and yeah. sit at the counter. Mm -hmm. uh, Sticks had a very popular soda fountain. Mm -hmm. yeah. As did famous. Uh, yeah. They deliberately brought people in. And had them sit there and, and not there. move away. Yeah. That's why they called it a sit in. Were you um do you remember that in nineteen forty four that um, there were sit-ins at Sticks, and um, you closed the counter for a while. In '44, mm -hmm. during the war. Closed the counter, and um, uh, there were a couple of things written in the Post Dispatch. They um, closed it, and um, the NACP did this. They said there was some women, I think, mainly women, and um, 
They closed it temporarily and then reopened it again. Were you in the store then? Yes, I, I was there from 1941 on. And I, I do not, remember so I that, uh, I don't know for the what length of time and mm -hmm. so forth and so on, but I do remember that they shut the uh, soda fountain down. Mm -hmm. Later we closed it again and uh, remodeled it, then later on was removed entirely. Yeah. Uh, I had never heard that, that there had been a sit-in trouble like before the, the, mm -hmm. the big one we're talking about in the 50s. Mm -hmm. yeah. like, this was happening, I think, all over St. Louis. This was Yeah, it wasn't yeah. just yeah. with us. No, 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 I mean, yeah. I remember out yeah. in Clayton, Glazers had a soda fountain. A lot of um, drugstores had soda mm -hmm. fountains, mm -hmm. and um, they just took them out. That's true. They just took them out. So that's why, you know, it's like, what, what, what do you think the concerns in the store, um, your concerns over what your customers would think, you know, which is, of course, what you're all about, is your customers yeah. and yeah. your service and um, um, and the fact that St. Louis is, well, it, this. It's a pretty southern city. Yeah, yeah, pretty southern city. Um, but so so they came and they sat down, and then somebody must have met together. Um, you mean how did the integration come about then? Mm -hmm. the I think they sat for 18 months. I, they, they did oh, this for better. Mm -hmm. At our store? Mm -hmm. I believe so. And 18 months. I thought it was a matter of a couple of weeks or something. Well, from... <laughs> That's how my memory from, is. Yeah, from well, people... Well, it's hard to remember. Else. It is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Um, I mean, sure, that some of this was written up in the papers, but you were able to. I don't know, yeah, uh, I, there's an article here, but this is about um, the 1944 mm -hmm. one, you know, letters were written and, and uh, not answered. And This was the Citizen Civil Rights Committee in May 1944. Um, well, sis, I think the but question you were trying to tactfully ask about um, was how did our management yeah. of our store um, feel about doing certain things, opening it, things, it doesn't, in I'm view not, of yeah. at the same time they had to please their customers, I, I mean, I don't, keep their customers from getting Yeah, but I don't want to, I don't want, I'm not trying to press you gentlemen, oh, I'm, I know, I'm not I know, saying no, how no, you no, feel, no. it's it's almost, okay, you don't have, even have to tell me that if you don't want to, it's more like the process of of, of talking, or 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 finally, you know, I'm just what was what was kind of happening. <clears throat> but don't please don't feel pressured. But. The best I remember, Bob, that it was done without any fanfare, so to speak. That it was quietly just. And uh, I think that's the main reason why we don't remember more yeah, about it. Yeah, it was quietly it wasn't that big a deal. assimilated. Yeah. I mean, into uh, the. Uh, whole operation of the store, mm -hmm. and uh, without making any fanfare, there were no any waves or even wavelets, yeah. 
See, in spite of what the, the editorial page of the Post would want the public to believe and what our federal government would want you to I believe. I only remember incidents. When we let people begin eating in our store restaurant, mm -hmm. that's even. Yeah. store, my memory is it didn't simply didn't exist. It was settled, they agreed, it had to be done. Just as in my church, which I'm ashamed to say formally wouldn't even let black people take communion. You believe this in the church of a church of God. Just as the church finally changed and, you know, grew up. Mm -hmm. We did it sticks, and I don't think the customers gave a damn particularly, except maybe a few old, hard-headed Southern. Don't, you, don't you, you think that's true, Bob? I, that's, I, that's how I feel. There uh, was no trouble in that kind. It just, I, I, was just, I remember the first time I saw a Negro in the Fox Theater. Remember, they used to be, it seems insane, they were not a lot of theaters. But I remember the night, Sister and I, my wife is named Sister. Went to the Fox Theater and a Negro couple sat between them, behind this. I remember leaning over to her and saying, There are a couple of them. Leaning over to that effect. And you can't believe segregation, things that evil could exist without her even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. you know, we as white people even think about it. But they came to the Fox Theater and thereafter in Great Groves, and nobody gave a hoot. Oh, some people did. I guess the crew of clan members cared. I'm I mean, sure people like us did. didn't care. I mean, it was a it was a gradual. It was a gradual, and there was no trouble. Was, I'm not trying to smooth over all this, sis, and sugarcoat it, but it. It really was a very painless process, as I remember, it sticks. Um, do you remember calling up Famous and saying, what are you doing? What are you guys doing? Oh, I'm sure there were many such. I was not in the position at that time to... Uh, our management and their management, management uh, and Scruggs on certain topics were yeah, they were very, very... They were... A lot of talk. Correct. Yeah, they, yeah, they conversed yeah. with yes, one another yeah, and yes, uh, yeah, what took place things. I never knew until later in, yeah. in years. Yeah. I, I guess the fact that it took 18 months um, in a way speaks for itself. It, you know, it wasn't something that... Also, you got to remember in those days, Bob and I were not in very exalted positions in those days. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> we were and low I, men on the totem pole. That's why. And we weren't privy to what was going on in the executive suites. Um, Bob, what happened in advertising after that? Or in, you know, when did advertising maybe begin to change? You mean about hiring people? Mm -hmm. Oh. Before that, do you remember, as far as CORE is concerned, they must have met with CORE. People must have met with CORE. Oh, it would have had to, I think. As Bob said, I don't uh, 
think we were privy to privy. that sort of information, but there had, as you said, oh, sure. it had to take place. Yeah. Yeah. Meetings had to be ar yeah. arranged. And, uh, All right, advertising. Hiring blacks? Well, hiring, um, and the difference in in, uh, in your customer or your just did anything did anything did that change the store in any way? Hiring, I suppose. Well, they they did. I know there were were quotas, which is a very ugly word, but you can't avoid it. I remember. Bill the Bell, now deceased, who was head of personnel, uh, he would tell us in meetings, this is later on, but you know, this struggle went on for many years. Uh, even though it was settled in 18 months, you say there, it still went on as you, well, it's still going on today. <laughs> but later on, when I was, when Bob and I were both officers of the company, and and privy to lots of things. I remember Bill, who was our uh, personnel director, reminding us in many of our, our meetings, you know, that we had to, I'd say, we should make more of an effort in certain areas to hire minorities. And he would tell Cubby this, who was the chairman, and he would tell you know, Mr. Ford, your father in law, and, and So it, but it was done, it was done without rancor. I mean, I'm still not trying to sugarcoat things. We made a, the company, as many, most companies did, made a conscious effort. Whether they wanted to or not, it became law, as you know, and we had to. Yeah. And we, we hired colored people all over the business. Mm -hmm. There yeah. weren't many in advertising, per se. I think simply because we had so few applicants. And at that point, when I was, I guess, a buyer in the basement about 1946, 45, 46 or something, we did not have any black salespeople. Later, and I don't remember ever after I moved into different executive <coughs> positions that we ever hired any black, not that we couldn't, mm -hmm. but they, at that time, they just weren't trained. There weren't that many trained for that kind of uh, work. At that time, where are we now? Did well, they, I'm, I'm thinking. No, I mean we've, we've thinking, got a wide. We have forty yeah, years. I'm thinking. No, I'm, I'm thinking back when I was merchandising. Let's say in 1949, 1950, that uh, there were no not hire them, mm -hmm. but they just weren't available or they weren't sent down uh, from the personnel department that were capable, I guess, of uh, doing that kind of and passing the requirements that uh, were needed to uh, be on the selling floor. That reminds me specifically of conversations that would take place. What do we call those meetings, of management meetings or what you know, we'd have once a week in the big boardroom? Yeah. You know, Cubby would sit at the head of the Well, that was later when Cubby was here. Yes, but I remember when Mr. Fuller and Cubby Mr. Bear saying, were there. I remember Cubby saying 
on several in several meetings to Bill Riddell, our personnel man. Bill, of course, show we don't have like this department is still like all white. I mean we there there are laws, you know, Bill. And but they'll almost always will come back and say, Cubby, send me some applicants. Yeah. There just weren't any and when we ask about advertising, advertising people are 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 they're very uh, they're technically trained and, and pretty high IQ, not me, I mean, <laughs> they're pretty high IQ people to begin with. They're writers, artists, you know what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. There were simply no black applicants. There weren't the app that's what I'm, I'm there trying to say, that there just weren't any applicants sent down mm -hmm. that we would um, If there had been, we'd have been happy to, yeah. to hire them. Uh, we did eventually, I remember, hire, there was a, a young black man, an artist. This mm -hmm. is all quite a few years later. But he was such a rarity, is why, almost an oddity, is why I remember him. Mm -hmm. He was a good artist, too, a very nice young man. But how many <laughs> good fashion artists were there in those days who were black? Mm -hmm. I mean, like none. So, so it wasn't an issue in... That's true, and until later on, we never even had uh, maintenance men that were black. I don't require, I, re, I don't remember when I was in the downstairs store of merchandising that we had any any black salespeople whatsoever, and that was in 1949, 1950, 51, that area. Would you we, have hired them if there had been applicants? I think we would have hired them. Because of the then it was law, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was. It, uh, it, it, you couldn't. Yeah, we would have hired them, and uh, if they were sent down and approved by the uh, personnel department, I guess yeah. we had. They feel we had an open spot. I'm, I'm sure we would have uh, taken them on. When do you think some of that uh, began? When did? Black seal. I mean, black African blacks or Americans, whatever you want to call. Them. I can't. I can't recall any particular date that uh, when we were required to have a certain number of them in our organization, percentage-wise, and I guess the pressure became greater. Why? I'm sure we. Uh, yeah, brought them on, but it was such a gradual thing. As I know, that's why it's before. also hard it, it to... It just wasn't them. any cutoff. Yeah. You know. Do you think that the, or let me ask you this, the integration of that counter, um, was that like a benchmark? I mean, were, were things... Oh, I don't think it's any question. It was. Mm -hmm. I think it was definitely the, there was a before and an after and after. Didn't the, the real pressure from the government, the civil rights thing, occurred during Lyndon Johnson's presidency. In 64 and 65, there was the public accommodations. When did he 64? Well, he passed the, the Public Accommodations Act and the Voting Rights Act in 64 and 65, I believe. So, yeah, I think it was so, after so these that, customs, the, these were all customs, these were not laws that you yes, could yes, These customs yes, were yes, then yes. made 
into laws. <laughs> now you, people could go where they wanted to and do what they wanted to do. Whereas before, there were no laws, but they were just customs. But yeah, now the, it's the instances I've remembered, like when when our personnel directors they send me some applicants copy. That was in the '60s. You know, after it was the mm -hmm. federal yeah. law. You know, that was much later than the. the in the sit-in, uh, I mean, you know, the, the sit-in. Well, this is not that. to say that Stixbury and Fuller did this. I don't know if they did or not, but um, um, a lot of times uh, I've been told that ads were written in the newspaper, um, light-skinned, uh, you know, colored girl, uh, apply for such and such, or, you know, and so that mm -hmm. Oftentimes, those kinds of ads and people might have been able to do things, but they had dark, darker skin. Um, so you know, I don't know what even maybe they maybe there were ads put in paper, also put put in the newspapers. I guess. That I don't remember no colored about something. that, but I'm sure it, I don't either. Yeah, I'm it went on. I wouldn't sure doubt it. it no, um, I really, um, you know, that's that's. But you do think that afterwards, probably after that uh, sit-in on the opening of the counter, then people began to be hired and are not probably until oh, no Lyndon question. Johnson. I think they, they uh, well, right after the, of course, you said it went on for 18 months. That's what I was told. But anyway, at the conclusion of that, I guess, is that when we opened up the night? All the restaurants and stores. Yeah, they, they, I guess it was. And we began to hire some black waitresses in our yeah. rest uh, in our in our restaurant on the sixth floor. Tea room. The main restaurant. The main the big restaurant. Main the tea big room. restaurant yes. upstairs. That's the tea room. Yeah, yeah the tea room. Yes, they called yes. it the tea room. The yeah. name of it was the Missouri yeah. room, but everybody in the town called it the yeah. sixth tea room. <laughs> and we had some. The one thing, there weren't, the people were not, as we said before, not, the applicants weren't available. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we would have turned them down. I know that Bob Bedell would have sent down, or if he would have sent up certain people, what we would have uh, hired them. Did you Had they met the qualifications mm -hmm. that we needed. Did you, did, did you know if you ever contacted the Urban League or anything like that for workers in those days? I think someone from our personnel area would have much yeah. clearer memories than you and me, and facts than Bob and I. See, we, I'm trying I mean, to think who could be helpful, but uh, it's who's okay. still alive. I really, I really who's still alive. I have enough. <laughs> no, but, I, yeah, I, but yeah, I'm sure you've got no, but I mean, I have a feel, and um, I will tell you that um, I worked at Stixbury and Fuller. You did? Um, for, I can't remember. Well, anyway, we'll talk about that when I shut okay. this off. If I thank you for, for doing this, and I thank you oh, for pleasure. bringing. Our pleasure. Well, I don't know of anything else. Uh, I remember as a kid, you know riding on the streetcar with my mother in those days when I was a little kid and the black people would sit in the back and the same on the bus and they weren't allowed to uh, but they accepted that and until this core thing started we didn't have as 
you earlier pointed out, we didn't have these kinds of problems. Mm -hmm. And um, as I said, even when we in 1949, when we went west, and in certain places, that we had to plead with the people on the airplane mm -hmm. to let this girl sit with us. What and kinds of problems are, are you alluding well, to? The, the hostesses at that day said, "Well, you, she can't sit with you." Mm -hmm. Said. She's going to sit with us, you know, we, we, mm -hmm. I remember protesting. No, I mean, until Core, you said until Core came along, there weren't those kinds of problems. There weren't, uh, no, we didn't have the, Bob, the best of my recollection, and I'm sure you concur, that the people accepted their position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And in many cases, they were better off. We treated them barely. Mm -hmm. So you're talking uh, about a, a company whose management was, and I, I think uh, the May company the same way, the May family and mm -hmm. the Ford and the Bayer families yeah. were very humane people. I mean, these were not slave driver type people. Yeah. I mean, you know that. I mean, they were. I'm sure there were a lot of companies in this country that had much rougher times than we in integrating, don't you think? Because oh yeah, because uh, maybe you know Mr. May and Buster and so mm -hmm. forth. These are not mean people. They were toward any, any I, color you know, people. I knew Buster and played tennis. And someday I'll tell you a funny story about it. But uh, Buster and I was over at their house and I knew Mr. May and the old Buster's father and so forth and so on. As Bob said, they were same kind of people mm -hmm. that uh, the Bears and the Fullers were. They were well, very the whole very city kind. was going yeah. through it. That's yeah. what, what they were very kind. If this stuff had never come up, they, they still were very kind to their employees. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but the world was I changing. And, other and, and people had to, had to change with it. Yes. Of course. But I mean, these two firms, the uh, main company and sticks were just innately caring about their employees. Was uh, there a difference with the Scruggs? I never knew that much about Scruggs. Scruggs. I knew one person, I, I had met the president, and I can't think of his name, he lived over in McKnight Road, maybe the great big white stone house over there. Mm -hmm. And I, I had met him. And, I, and then I had seldom been in, in uh, Scruggs. And then one of our people went over there as a last resort, you know, Caesar. And, um, and also Stansbury. And it, then it went, not there, because of him, but days. it was already on its way downhill. And um, I, I, even when Fred was in the basement, I, I, before I was there, why? We did not have him. Frank Wolf later became the merchandise manager in the basement when I was a, um, he was the general merchandise manager when I was an assistant. I was a regional manager of a group of departments, and we didn't have that kind of a problem. Who was president of at the that store time, at, during what we're talking about? Arthur was president, and Leo Fuller was the chairman of the board. 
And I think Sidney was the vice president. I mean, I can tell you funny stories about that, which in their offices and so forth and so on. But uh, they all worked together. Where was Frank Wolf at that time? Frank was was in the basement after he came to St. Louis. He came to St. Louis, and I don't remember Where did he just when. Somewhere up east. Yeah. And Frank Jr., you know, is the uh, president of the country club, or where we were, right here. Um, I just have a, uh, at that time, we also had a black man who was a, in the, um, in the um, barber shop. Now, he wasn't the barber, mm -hmm. but he worked in oh, the barber yeah, shop. I remember him. And, yeah. and that, there's a lot of funny nice. stories I can tell nice. about that guy. And he always borrowed money from Mr. Ford. <laughs> and this is, I have to tell you this, this is funny. And he had, he always borrowed quarters, you know, 25 cent pieces at a time. And finally, Scoop Goldstein, before you were there, you're not running this, are you? Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah. You want me to turn it off? Well, I don't care. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll tell the story if you want. Um, we got Scoop Goldstein, got a big microphone, and we put it in Mr. Fuller's office, because I forget William, not William, but whoever it was, was going to pay off all this money, which maybe was $10 or something. We told him we were going to broadcast this through the entire city. And we had a microphone set up, no <laughs> wires, and okay, now start talking. And then he handed Mr. Fuller, whatever it was, $10 or something that he owed him over a period of a couple of years. Funny. We had more fun over things like that. But he was one of the good. Did you know Mr. Fuller? I knew. Uh, he passed away. In which one? Leo Fuller. Leo, who was chairman. Probably yeah. I, pr I probably knew him, but yeah. I, I, was a, I was a young. And he was, he, was the, he was the brain. Not only that, but he was the he was a gentleman. Yeah. From his shoes to his feet to his head. top of his head. Absolute gentleman. Yeah. A brilliant guy. Very he was five beta kappa man. with straight A's all the way through Yale. Yeah, Maybe you never knew that. No, and the Scoop Goldstein one. Scoop Goldstein once. You remember Scoop? Oh, yeah. Well, Scoop always said he should have been the president of General Motors or General mm -hmm. Electric. He's he so looked brilliant. like he looked like Not the, then in his lifetime. <laughs> he could have. He looked he, like he was a, that a, a, bright. A CEO, he might have been that bright, but I don't think they would have no, no, hired him. No, no, I understand. But, I mean, he was capable yeah. of handling. Yeah. He looked like he could be the Secretary of State yeah. in Washington. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was the nice I, I got all kinds of funny stories. Okay, let me ask you about. You said there was an elevator starter. Yes, Bob. Bob. Uh huh. A fixture at Six Grand for decades. And so when I knew him. He was a little old. A little man. Everybody in town knew him and loved yeah. him. And yeah. So when you come right down to it, there was an elevator girl. 
in an elevator. Well, I think starter. all the elevator girls were yeah, elevator they were all those days. Colored. Yeah, an elevator girl, elevator girls, and an elevator starter, and those were the really the only. Well, there was a man outside too, like and, a doorman. Uh, oh, a doorman on the doorman at the seventh street entry. Yes. So that yes, was yes. those were the only really three jobs. Well, the, no, oh, no, 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 no. There was no, a, as no. I said before, there was a, a lovely black girl that, in the executive offices. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the man. And uh, of the one in the, in the barber shop. Yeah. And uh, I presume there were a few others spread around that we. Well, okay. there uh, were more than a few, Bob. Yeah, I mean, when others. I, when I first came there, there were, there were colored employees to the store, but I can't. Well, maybe I'll be able to get do that to find out, you know, more through Stella and everything. Mm -hmm. But it's eleven fifteen. I want. I just want to thank you again. Well, you're welcome. For coming.